Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22, 30. It says this, if you don't have it in front of you in your Bibles, would you look up on the screen? I'd like for us to read this together. Let's read. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. So I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. Notice, I found no one. God looked for someone who would stand in the gap on this wall, but he said, but I found no one. There's a picture here uh, of a wall, and you can just picture this, this big wall. The wall, back in the ancient days, the wall was the biggest protection that cities had. And the biggest protection that they had was the enemy was on that side of the wall, and we're on this side of the wall. And what would happen is there would be what was called a breach in the wall. It would be just a little crack in the wall, and the crack would get bigger and bigger, and the enemy would find the breach. He would find the crack in the wall. And once he found the crack in the wall, the enemy would go after that crack, and he would begin to open it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and they would all go after that crack. And eventually, the breach would get larger and larger, The wall would begin to crack and the armies would go through the wall and they would get on the other side of the enemy and they would uh, defeat the enemy. That's how they would get in because there was a breach in the wall. But it would start with just something very small. So what would happen was uh, the, the people who had the walls would be very, very careful to make sure that there was no breaches in the walls. And if there was one, they would send people on the other side of the wall that would stand guard over the breach to make sure that the enemy didn't find the breach and couldn't, and they would defend the breach while the wall was getting repaired. And the wall needed to get repaired on this side, so they would stand there and they would be a watchman making sure to watch while they're repairing the wall so that the enemy couldn't get in. And then because he couldn't get in, then when they would finish repairing the wall, then he would go on the other side and then everything was okay. So Israel here, uh, the children of Israel here, Ezekiel 22 summarizes the many, many sins of Israel. And as the punishment, God was going to disperse them to the nations. And then Israel was going to end up getting jacked up. They were going to end up getting destroyed. And so what God did was God said, so I'm looking for someone who will step up and pray for Israel to defend the weaknesses and the sins that they have. But I couldn't find anyone to stand up and pray for them. So what happened? So Israel, the enemy came in, and Israel became destroyed. And God said, why did they get destroyed? Because there was no one who stood up and covered the weakness. There was no one who stood in the gap there. What happened here was uh, God was looking for someone to stand in the gap. He couldn't find anyone, and because of that, judgment fell. Can I tell you, it still happens today. It still happens today that there's weaknesses that we have, there's weaknesses that we see in the church, there's weaknesses we see in our family, and I believe that God is not a God who looks for judgment. God is a God who looks for someone to stand up in the gap. God is a God who's looking for someone to stand up in in the middle of of the weakness of a gap in the wall and saying, would you stand up and be an intercessor and pray in that place? Let me show you also in the book of one, uh, 
Psalm chapter 106, there's another place where Moses stood in the gap for the children of Israel. Psalm 106, verse 19, it says, And they made a calf in Horeb. <laughs> I, I don't understand this. But here's these people that God delivers them out of all this junk. And so what do they do? They make this calf out of gold. And, and they worship this molten image. And, the, and they change the glory of God into this image of an ox and that eats grass, okay? They, they, they took this image and they said, we don't have a God to worship, so what are we gonna do? We're gonna take all of our gold, put it together, and put it on a stand, and we're gonna be like, that's our God. You're the one who delivered us. And God's like, are you idiots? Are you stupid? I'm God. Yeah, but we can't see you. We need something to be able to worship. So God got ticked at this, okay? It says, they forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt. We're in Psalm 106, 22. Wondrous works in the land of Ham, Awesome things by the Red Sea, 23. It says, therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood before him in the breach. Can you say in the breach? So Moses stood in the gap, in the breach, or else God would have destroyed the people. Why? Because they turned against God. They went against God, but Moses stood up to turn away his wrath lest he destroy him. So the children of Israel turned against God. God said that he'd destroy him, but Moses stood in the breach. Unfortunately, though, we see that in Ezekiel's day, God couldn't find a breach. God couldn't find an intercessor. Back on this day, Moses happened to be there. And that was a good day because Moses would stand up for the people. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about a subject called gap fillers. Gap fillers. God is looking for gap fillers and he's calling us to fill the gap for other people. I believe it's a calling on our church. He's calling us to be gap fillers. Another word is, is intercessors. Some people say, I don't know if I'm called to interse intercession. If you're a believer, you're called to intercession, right? Uh, and another word is intercessor, and the word intercessor literally means to stand in the gap, in prayer for someone else, to stand in the gap for somewhere else. What gap? A gap of weakness, a gap of, of uh, the, the, where the enemy would want to exploit, a gap the, to where the enemy could get in, a gap of weakness, uh, an intercessor. Uh, the word intercede is actually a Latin word. It, it's two words. It's inter, and inter is between, and seed is go. So literally, intercede means a go-between. It's someone who would go between these two. It's someone that will stand in between these two places. That's an intercessor. intercessor. God wants to heal our gaps in our lives so that we can be in a position to heal other people's gaps. See, I think what the enemy does, and catch me when I'm saying this, I think he gets us so focused on all of our issues, and we have so many issues that we come, and we're just trying to heal ourselves because we're all messed up. And that's all of our lives. It's about our stuff. But God needs to get us beyond us so that we can start being intercessors for someone else. We're gap fillers for our own stuff going on but God wants to heal us and get us to the place to where we can be gap fillers for someone else why because people that are intercessors are people who've joined the heart of God this is where love and prayer goes together it's people who've joined on God's team they're joining what they're linking to God's heart there's a picture I want to show you look at this picture this is um, a backyard at a house we used to live at for a number of years and um 
you see the gap in the brick right there? Uh, this is just a, a wall, and you see the mortar that's in between and how there's no mortar in that, you know, one little place, and then you see how the wall broke out on the bottom. Well, in, in uh, California, there's earthquakes, so the land's moving, like, occasionally, you know, just like, hey, there's an earthquake today. And so what happens is you'll see that it, it kind of shakes walls and shakes things loose and, you know, things like that. And that kind of stuff happens. So it didn't really bother me. I was like, eh, yeah, it's okay. But then there was a, the next door neighbor had a tree and the tree began to, uh, the root system began to grow. And then the, the next door neighbor had like two or three dogs, you know, and then the dogs were like spastic or something. They were like boom, boom or something. And they, they hit the wall and all of a sudden the bricks started falling out of the wall. Well, why did the bricks start falling out of the wall? Because the mortar was loose. Why was the mortar loose? Because there was gaps in the wall. Why, did they hurt the bricks? Didn't hit the, hurt the bricks. The bricks were stable. The bricks were good. It was the mortar in between that they had gaps in. See, this is what, and, and if you look eventually, look at this next picture. Here's another wall that you eventually see that mortar in a couple of different places is missing in places to where eventually you, you can actually break a wall or divide a wall. If you wanted to break down a wall, what you'd want to do is take a chisel or take something and begin to go into those gaps and just go into the mortar and break down the mortar. Do you know that's what the enemy does to us? Is he goes to you and he finds your weaknesses. He goes to us and he exploits you. He finds the things that you're that you're not good at. See, I know that we always want to, you know, when it comes to social media, when it comes to just social settings, we want to kind of put our strengths forward, right? Like, yeah, this is, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And they go, wow, this person's this. And we know one another's strengths. But the enemy doesn't care about your strengths. He's looking at your weaknesses. You know, it says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can I tell you the enemy studies you? I don't want to depress anybody today. But the enemy studies you. <laughs> The enemy studies you. He walks around you. He watches you. He sees what you, not, not the strengths. He don't care, but he doesn't care about your strengths. He cares about your weaknesses. He cares about your pride. He cares about the lust. He cares about the things that, that set you off. He cares about the things that you're weak at. And he walks about like a roaring lion, studying you, looking at you, trying to exploit you, trying to, and what is he doing? He's taking like this, this chisel and he's going, He's taking the mortar out of your life. He's loosening the mortar out of your life. And he does it for days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks and years and years and years. And all of a sudden, one day, there's an earthquake in your life and everything falls and you go, what happened? It didn't happen in a day. It's happened over years. Because the enemy tries to exploit the gaps in our lives. He tries to take those things in our lives, in Job chapter 1 verse 7, I remember, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand everything about Job, but I remember it says where, Job 1 7 says, where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan, like he didn't know. He said, where have you come from? And Satan said, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Can I tell you, Satan is watching, Satan knows things. I know sometimes I say, I don't want to say it because he doesn't know. He sees it. He sees what you're doing. He sees what's happening, sees what you're saying, sees what you, you know, where you've been. And what is he doing? He studies us. He's looking for gaps, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities. He knows where the triggers of pride are. 
the triggers of hurt or the triggers of resentment and fear and what's happened to you years ago as a child or what happened last year or what happened yesterday at work. He sees all those things and he brings them back up. He sees who's vulnerable to a divisive or a religious spirit. And I believe he'll even pull those people together and say, hey, go get to know them. You, I like him. Yeah, you like him because in about two weeks you guys are about to stir up some stuff. See, the enemy is, uh, you know, he's a character. He has some devices. He looks, and he, he's not ignorant to greed and lust and, uh, and what to do. So he chips and chips and chips and chips, insecurity, bad habits. You know, people who, who love alcohol or who love overeating or who love drugs or who love video games or who love media or who love those things. The reality is, as he looks and he wants to to send you over the edge and send us over the edge in these areas in our lives. Can, if you understand what I'm saying, can you just say yes? Yeah, see, we all understand. But let me tell you, his purpose is never to be your friend. It's always to, Jesus said, the thief doesn't come except to. What does it mean? It means every time he comes to steal, kill, destroy. Say it with me. Steal, kill, destroy. The enemy never comes to hang out with you. He never comes to give you a good time. He never comes to party hardy. He never comes to what happens in, stays in. He never comes to that. He always is trying to take you out every single time. Every single time, he's trying to exploit you. So God is calling us to intercede for one another. Can somebody say amen? God is calling us to stand in the gaps and intercede for one another and watch out for one another. Our purpose is to fill the gaps, the places that the enemy wants to exploit. Fill the gaps in one another's armors, to be a gap filler, to be an intercessor. There's one scripture that is one of the most popular scriptures of intercession that I know in the New Testament, and it's in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Would you look at it? 1 Timothy chapter 2, would you write this down? 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4. Paul says this, I urge you, first of all, would you say the words first of all? I urge, first of all, to pray for all people and ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks to them. Pray this very way for kings and all who are in authority, that we may live a peaceable and quiet life marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God. Our Savior wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. First of all, I want you to, know, I want you to look at the word first of all. First of all. What is he saying? He's saying uh, the very first Thing we should do in prayer is not pray for ourselves. See, some things in life would just work better if we just follow the instructions. Somebody know what I mean? Have you ever bought something and it didn't work and you're like, this stupid thing doesn't work. This dumb thing doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. I'm going to take this thing back. And then, and then you go, well, I might as well just read the directions. And you look at them and you go, oh, I didn't have the on switch on. You know, I'm glad no one saw that, right? And you realize it wasn't them. It was me. I didn't really look at that. You know, I believe a lot of prayers don't work because we start, because most of our life is all about us, including our prayers. I said most of our life is all about us, including our prayers. And, and, and so what happens, our prayers aren't working, and sometimes we wonder, why aren't they working? Because it's all about us. But, but what he told Timothy here, he said, therefore, look at, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. What is he saying? The very first thing we should do in prayer is not pray for us. Pray for somebody else. Well, I don't even know what to pray for. That's because we don't pray for someone else. See, if we, if we wanted to start praying for someone else, I'll tell you what we do. We'd be in conversations and we'd say something like this. Joshua, what can I pray for you about? 
Why? Because I'm going to first of all pray for someone else, right? Right, so what can I pray for you about, right? Because we're concerned about other people and their needs. Look at that. First of all, say it one more time. First of all, first pray for others. Some people blame God for their failures, but usually they're putting themselves first, even in prayer. He says, kings and authority. Look at uh, verse 2. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. What is that? Well, we don't have kings in the United States of America, but we do have presidents. We do have governors. We do have senators. We do have other leaders, uh, mayors, policemen, and people that are in authority. What is he saying? He's saying that we should pray for leaders, national leaders, local leaders, political leaders. We should pray for them instead of just talking about them. Let me, let me just ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. And don't raise someone else's hand next to you. I told you. I told you. No, no, no. No, listen. Do you pray for your leaders more than you talk about them? Because that's the reality. We should be praying for our leaders and not talking bad about them. We should be talking to God, to God about them. Isn't that right? Pray for our leaders. He said, pray for kings and all who are in authority. Who should we pray for? Pray for the president. Pray for, our, uh, for leaders nationally to local. If people were praying for our leaders, I promise things would be better. Things would be better in our nation if we were praying for our leaders. Can somebody just give a hearty amen? You believe if we were all praying for our leaders, things would be better in Memphis? Yeah. The, 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 the problems in Memphis are not going to be solved by who's the next mayor. When I say I don't care who's the next mayor, I do care who's the next mayor. I, I, I don't know who it should be. But I can tell you this, whoever it is needs prayer. And somebody say, that's right. Whoever it is needs prayer. We need to pray for our leaders, kings and all who are in authority, national to local. President, congressmen, senators, governors, mayors, policemen, all who are in authority. Some Christians put politics before they put Christ. They put politics before Christ in their lives. That's not right. You're not supposed to talk about politics in the pulpit. No, I'm talking about prayer. Some Christians put politics before Christ. They're more politically minded than spiritually minded. Here's how you know. If you can't pray for your leader who you didn't vote for, then there's an issue there. You have to pray for every person who's in authority. Why? Because the Bible said, Bible said to, come on somebody, someone say amen. I see you looking at me. I'm your pastor. You love me, don't you? I love you. Y'all didn't say it. The Bible said it. Right? Pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders. Some people, some Christians put politics before Christ. I, you know, I remember hearing a story where there were some politicians that, uh, you know, uh, laundered thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, got locked up in jail, then there's some Christians said, I don't care, I'll vote for him anyway. I'll vote for him anyway because that's my party line. But can I tell you, that's not right. That's not right. You need to vote who the Lord wants you to vote for. And you need to pray for everybody. Can somebody say amen? Even if they weren't who you voted for, you need to pray for them the same. Why? Because they're yours. You pray for them. You got what you got. You pray for them. We need to pray. Pray for our leaders. There's, there's, there's Christians I know who they do pray for leaders, but they pray for that their leaders will fail. They pray that their leaders will lose. They pray that their leaders will go down. 
Well, I just assume he dropped dead. And I said, that's not godly. That's not the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ said, you pray for your leaders. We can't be a church who's divisive like that. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need to stand up for for, for what the Lord, we, we, we need to pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I'm not saying that you don't have a belief. I'm not saying that you don't have a vote. You should vote. But what I am saying is that whoever the leader is, we need to be praying for our leaders. One more time say amen. Yes, we need to pray for our leaders. And then he says pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live a peaceable and quiet life marked by godliness. That's why he wants us to pray for our kings and our authority so that we can have peace and a godly life. He says this is, is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know what God's ultimate purpose is in all of our prayers? Is that people would come to Jesus. Is that people would get saved. And if we don't praying for our leaders then we won't have peace in our nation we won't have peace in our city and what does it do it locks up the gospel look at some of the nations that they're not having peace the gospel's locked up they have to go underground in things so what are we praying we're saying God let there be peace come on stop and pray with me right now Lord let there be peace in Memphis just lay aside your notes and pray Lord let there be peace in the city of Memphis we pray for the mayor we pray for the judges we pray for the police officers protect them cover them let righteousness prevail we pray in Jesus name Lord we pray that let any racial divide God be broken in the name of Jesus and we thank you for it Lord We say your kingdom come, say it with me, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Anything that hinders the spread of the gospel, we pray. Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the world as witnesses to all nations. That's what he wants, is he wants the gospel to go over all of the world. The U.S. sends people all over the world to preach the gospel. My father-in-law, John, right now is over in St. Lucia. Preaching the gospel. Next week, he and Debbie are going to be over in Haiti preaching the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is what it's about. People need to come to Jesus. There's a couple of other, a few other gap fillers I just want to mention to you. Abraham was a gap filler. Over in Genesis 18, he interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, Lord, you wouldn't destroy him if there was just 50 righteous. Then he went down to 45, then 40, then 30, then 20, then 10. He said, God, this whole city, if there was 10 righteous, you wouldn't destroy this city, right? And God said, no, if there's 10 righteous, God couldn't even find 10. And so judgment came down upon the city. But he was an intercessor. He was a gap filler. Stephen, Stephen was getting stoned, (laughs) not drugs. Stephen was getting rocks thrown at him, getting rocks thrown at him, right? Someone says, it's scriptural. Amen. I know. Acts 7, 60. The Bible says that he was praying for those who were stoning him. And he's saying, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. It's the very last words he said. And then he dropped dead. What was he doing? He was interceding for the people who were stoning him. And then we see Paul in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 starts out in verse 1. What does he say? I pray for the salvation of the Israelites. I pray for the salvation of Israel. Some people say, you're not going to believe. Some people say that about Middle Eastern people, Islam, Buddhists. They're not going to believe. They've been raised in it. They're too deep in it. Then who's going to pray for them? Do you think God gave up on them? Can I tell you, I've been over to Sri Lanka 
and, 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 and I know I have a lot of Indian friends. You know, the Indian, do, 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 do. I have a lot of funny stories, I'll tell you later. But, but the reality is, do you know what's happening in India? Jesus is appearing in India to people. He's appearing to people, like just showing up in a room like, I am Jesus. And they're like, oh, la, 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 you know, freaking out and coming to Jesus. Why? Because people are praying for revival over in India. We need to. Every person that we're around, we need to be praying for them. Be gap fillers. Don't overlook them because of who you think they are. Paul prayed for Israel's salvation, Jesus. Uh, Luke 23, 34, Jesus was on the cross, and what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What was he doing? He was being a gap filler. He was saying, they don't know what they're doing, Father. They don't know what's happening. He didn't just say, this is going to be written in the Bible. It's going to be the sixth saying, and so I want to make sure to get this in the Bible. No, no, no. He was calling out to them because his heart was that they wouldn't be lost. He wasn't thinking about his life. He was thinking about their lives. He's a gap filler. He continues also to fill the gaps over in Hebrews chapter 7. The Bible says that since he always makes intercession for us according to the will of God, he constantly intercedes for us. Listen, you and I are here today because someone filled the gap for you. You're not sitting here by accident today. Someone filled the gap for you. Someone got on their knees. Some mama some grandma, somebody got on their knees and called your name out to God and said, don't let them go to hell. Don't let them be lost. Don't let them go their own way. And that's why you're sitting here today. You think it's just by coincidence. It's not. Someone was a gap filler for you. I remember, I remember times of rebellion and I'd walk away from the Lord. I was dealing with, in my, in my uh, late teens and early 20s and I was dealing with rebellion and lust and just the things that young people deal with. And I remember walking in late at night, sneaking into my house and hearing my parents on their knees calling out saying, God, don't let David go. Bring him back to you. God, just calling out my name to God. What was they doing? They were he was covering my my stupidity and my weakness. I knew I wasn't doing the right thing, but I wanted to do it. I was going to do it anyway. Anybody ever been there? But my parents were covering it. People say, why are you, you made so many good decisions. No, I haven't. I made a lot of bad decisions. But I've had some gap fillers in my life. I've had some people who stood up for me. Before we started, uh, you know, the church out here, I knew there was some spiritual things going on in Memphis. I knew that there was going to be attacks that were going to go on out here. And Tiffany and I, we prayed, and there's four people, two of them are couples, that we prayed from different places in the United States that we knew were intercessors. We called them up. We said, I, don't, I said, we don't know anybody in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, but I need some intercessors. Can we just tell you as things go along, would you just pray for us? Would you just stand in the gap when things are going on? And you know what I do? I, the last two years, I email them. I update them. I tell them victories. I ask them to pray for things. None of them know who one another are. are. They don't know each other. They don't feed off of one another. But they just stop and they pray. Sometimes they'll say, I prayed for you for two hours today. And they just send me a word of encouragement. Send Tiffany a word of encouragement. They pray for us. They pray for our kids. They pray for our marriage. They pray for our church. They pray for what's going on. They're intercessors. I remember, I'll tell you one more story. Nate can come up here and play. I remember, listen, about two, three months ago, 
we were about to get into this building. I know this building, by the way, is, isn't just like, oh, it's a cool building. No, this is a God. God placed us right here in Cooper Young for some reason. I don't know why. This is just the beginning of the story. I don't know why, but we're here. But I remember there was spiritual warfare in opposition. Listen to this. There was spiritual warfare and opposition going on. And I'm not worried about that. Like I said, we already win in Jesus. And what happened was uh, one, uh, and, and, I, and I sleep well at night. Things are great. And, but in the middle of the night, it was about 2.30 in the morning. I woke up, and there was a pressure on me, a pressure on me. And I just felt like, what is this pressure that I'm feeling? So I thought, well, the Lord wants me to pray. I'm praying for someone else, or I'll pray for it. It happens here and there. So I went downstairs, and I just began to pray, began to pray, began to pray. Just prayed, prayed for about five minutes. Still felt this pressure. But spiritual heaviness, pressure. Ten minutes, began to feel this pressure. But the pressure got stronger and stronger and stronger and strong. To the point to where I got, I got concerned I thought, am I having a heart attack? Is something happening? And I knew it was demonic. I said, am I, is there anything in my life I'm giving place to? I didn't know of anything. Lord, I repent. Is there anything? I don't, I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden, in, in, in my, uh, you know, I, I began to think of people who've woken up in the middle of the night and had a heart attack or something. And I thought, oh, Lord, what, what's happening to me? I don't know. And this is what I heard in my heart. Go upstairs and wake Tiffany up and have her pray with you. And I thought, oh, Lord, you don't know Tiffany. She's a, she's a bad sleeper. If I wake her up, she might punch me. She's just a horrible sleeper, Lord. You've never woken her up before. And, uh, and so I just said, I just kept praying. I, I'm not going to do it. So I just kept praying. I was just praying, and, I, and that's the only thing that came to me. Go wake Tiffany up. And I thought, oh, man, I could just imagine she's going to get mad. So I walked into the room. Now it's about, you know, two, two maybe 50, and I, I kind of shook her leg. I said, hey, uh, hey, baby. I'm just kidding. She doesn't snore. I'm just kidding. She's just, right? I said, hey, Tiffany, 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 Tiffany. Tiffany, huh, Tiffany, Tiffany, what, what, what's wrong, what's wrong, why are you waking me up, what's wrong, what time is it, I said, I need you to pray for me, what's wrong, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay, she sits up on the side, are you okay, something going on, something wrong, and I said, no, 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 no. I'm okay, I'm okay, Everything, everything's okay, don't punch me, <laughs> I'm good, and I just told her what I told you, I said, we're about to get into this building, and there's a spiritual something coming against me. And I just can't fight it alone. I don't know what, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what I'm dealing with. But the only thing that came to me is I need to wake you up and have you pray with me. So just out of obedience, I just need you to pray for me. And she just stopped. She, you know, she's obedient to the Lord. She just stopped and she gets on her knees right next to me. I'm, I'm on my knees right next to me. She grabs my hand. Lord, in the name of Jesus. And she begins to we, whatever this pressure is, we come against it in Jesus' name. We, and within about, within about just one minute, 60 seconds, bam, that broke, broke, there was peace, peace. And ever, I haven't, I haven't felt it ever since. Ever since there hasn't been a pressure, there hasn't been a, a spirit, there have been spiritual things that have come, but, I, but, been, but that one, why did I need her to do it that time? I don't know. I don't know why, but I needed someone to fill the gap. 
I don't know why I, I didn't do it on my own. I don't know why. But can I tell you, every one of us hit a place in our lives that God's called us to need one another. And God's called someone to need you. Who is the gap filler in your life? And let me ask you this last question. God's asking you to be a gap filler for someone else. To fill the gap to the, for them. Who comes to mind when I say that? Who is God calling you to be a gap filler for? You may look at their weaknesses and you think I've prayed for them a thousand times. I'm tired of praying. If you don't, what did he say to Ezekiel? I've looked for a man and I couldn't find anyone. So they got destroyed. Is it worth it? It's not worth it. I have, I have a friend who his mom prayed for him for 18 years. 18 years he was on drugs. 18 years. This guy was a jerk. And mom prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him. And one day, I don't know what it was. It, was just, it wasn't any special day. He just came back. He just came to Jesus and said, I don't know why I'm free. I don't know why today is different. I'm free. It wasn't like anything special. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. But can I just tell you, church, don't give up on the people God calls you to intercede for. You may be the only person that's praying for them. If you have family members that don't know Jesus, pray for them. Right now, would you do this? Just, just, just stop what you forget about. We're going to get out of church in just a minute, but just stop what you're doing. If someone comes to mind right now, write their name down or, or just call out their name to God. Come on, turn this place just for the next two minutes into a prayer service. Begin to pray for them right now. Begin to pray for a loved one right now. Begin to pray for someone who's weak right now, who doesn't know the Lord, who's in bondage right now. Just call out their name and say, God, I pray for Bill. God, I pray for my mom. I pray for my dad. I pray for my aunt. I pray for this person right now, God. God, I don't want you to ever say that you sought for a man and I wasn't available because of my own junk going on in my life. God, I come and I stand in the gap and I pray for my friends. I pray for the people, Lord, who are going through the stuff right now. How often do I need to pray? Every time that comes to mind, I'm going to pray for them, Lord. I'm going to pray for them. How long am I going to pray for until the gap's closed? Come on, just commit. Lord, I'm going to pray until the gap's closed. I'm going to pray until the gap's closed. I'm going to pray until there's no breach. I'm going to pray until the enemy can't pick them off, until they're not vulnerable anymore. Why? Because <laughs> God's looking for someone. And God found someone. He found me. He found you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.